This is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street Today, your media hub for all things black entrepreneurship, politics, news, and events in Hampton Roads and beyond. And now, here's your host, Blair Durham. Greetings, 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 greetings. I am so excited. I'm joined now by Dr. Anna Peoples. She is the founder and owner and lead pharmacist at People's Pharmacy LLC, located uh, in the beautiful city of Norfolk, Virginia, where she provides a variety of services. So she is far more than just a uh, pharmacy. She offers solutions for those dealing with diabetes, uh, including a, a full medical staff, classes, you name it. It really is a, a one-stop shop. Um, I love the fact that there's a holistic component and you can walk in and find access to vitamins and various um remedies, home remedies to, to stay healthy, as well as everything you might need once you actually uh, get sick. So kudos to you, Dr. Peoples. Thank you for being here. We love what you do in the community. Well, thank you, darling, for having us. And it, and it is a pleasure to be here today. And uh, just kudos to you as well for all the wonderful work that you're doing in our community and keeping us above the water. That's exactly what you do. Doing the best I can. It's a lot of hard work, but I really want to focus because I know you and I uh, did a series together right at the start of the pandemic. As that thing was raging through our community, um, you provided some key information, ways that we could uh, arm ourselves, um, protect ourselves. And so I wanted to get kind of an update from you. Um, I consider you a trusted source. Where are we now as far as the pandemic is concerned, um, and, and what would you say we need to be doing? Okay, so the trend now is, and you may hear this word being tossed around as endemic. So what people are saying now, what the experts are saying now is that, are we at the end of COVID-19? My personal opinion to that is no, we're not. Uh, the trend is that we're going to, it's something that we're going to have to live with um, going forward. And I understand people want to get back to what they perceive as normal, but from what I'm seeing and in my research, I really don't see that it's going anywhere. I feel like we're at a full circle now with the, with the second boosters and kudos and thank you for everyone out there that's getting their second booster. But as if you've been following the news and you know that a new variant has emerged and that's the Omicron BA2 variant. And so know that viruses mutate to survive. So we really don't know what's down the tube. So I would stress to everyone, if you're not one of those, one, if you're one of those people that are hesitant about getting the vaccine, please take care of your health. Take care of yourself, um, keep your immune system intact, but know that, in my personal opinion, the virus has not gone anywhere. If you look at the international news, you'll see that it's spiking in China. Some of the cities in China have been totally sh shut down with millions of people being quarantined. So really, I'm not a gambling person, so I don't gamble with my health. And I would suggest the same thing to you as well. Um, I understand 
that you want to go back to normal and I really don't like wearing masks either, but it's something that we have to do to protect ourselves. So just stay vigilant and know that um, we, you do have people out here that will be here for you in the event that if you do get sick or that you feel that you have uh, contacted the virus. Wow, I hadn't heard that about a spike in China. That is very, very interesting. Um, so I want to ask this question about mask wearing, prolonged mask wearing. And I'm not, this is, I'm asking for a friend of a friend. I am not uh, opposed to wearing a mask. I will continue to wear a mask where it makes sense to wear a mask. Um, but I have noticed that there'll be times where I will develop symptoms out of nowhere when I am wearing a mask. My nose may start to run. I may start to cough. Um, and I wonder if I, I, I want to hear your professional kind of piece on this. <laughs> I had to ask this question because I'm just wondering, are we naturally, are we, should we be wearing masks for this duration of time? Are there side effects that come about by virtue of wearing a mask? How can we, yeah, I just, you tell me. Uh, okay. So I would say as far as wearing a mask, you know, when you're going into these medical facilities, mm -hmm. I would suggest that you wear a mask simply because common sense will tell you that the people that are coming in and out of any type of medical facility may or may not, chances are that they are COVID, they have it, so they can spread it. You have that group of people, um, you have that group of people that visit medical centers that are getting tested. And by chance, they are testing positive. And so you're walking into that same facility with them. So you don't want to pass by them and inadvertently the virus, you know, you just walk through the virus and, and right. then you're positive. So you have to use common sense. If you're going indoors or either, or even if you um, say, for instance, like, you know, you're going out to dinner. Okay. So if you're going out to dinner and you're not going to be using your mask, then take a zinc lozenger, coalies or something of that nature. Zinc destroys a virus. You can take and suck on a zinc lozenger before your meal, after your meal. That'll lessen your chances of getting the virus. You can do things like uh, swab your nose when you leave. A, you know, so... Just use your common sense to protect yourself. If you decide that, hey, tonight I'm going to party like I've never partied in my life, at least do some things prophylactically to protect yourself, to build up your immune system. And then when you come home, take a shower, you know, take a zinc supplement or elderberry or something of that sort. Because people are not always going to do what they need to do for the protection of themselves. So if you're going to do it, do it wisely. Sometimes um, 
when we talk about if you're wearing a mask and you start sneezing, your eyes are running, sometimes that may be an allergic reaction to the materials that the masks are made out of. So you have to get very, you have to get quality masks. If you, if you're finding that that's what happened, what's happening to you when you're wearing a mask, try a different brand. And some of the better brands are the brands that we actually get in from BDH. And if, if and, and on the subject of VDH, may I say something about VDH? Yeah, no. And thank you. Thank you for that. That was helpful. Right. Because your first reaction when you start experiencing something is you want to take the mask off. You know, it feels like I can't breathe as well. I want to remove the mask. But I appreciate you saying it could be a matter of the quality of the mask. So that's 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 helpful. And I appreciate, too, just the practical suggestions around what to do before and after engaging with the public, because those may be things we, you know, we haven't been thinking about. Can we get zinc lozenges and elderberry lozenges from visiting people's pharmacy? Absolutely. And you'll get a whole lot of advice with it on how to to use it. And, you know, you just want to take care of yourself. You know, we all we all we always know from the past that if you come into the house, remove your shoes, take a shower, wash your hands, things like that. If you're going to go out there, at least take some measures to protect yourself. And also, I don't know if your audience is aware of not or not, but as of April the 5th, HRSA, which is the federal government, was no longer accepting uninsured claims for vaccines. Now that was huge. As of which date? As of April the 5th. Oh, wow. HRSA, who was the federal government, ran out of funds. Wow. To pay for vaccines for the uninsured. But kudos to the Virginia Department of Health because they have come in, and they have said that they were covered the cost of the vaccines for our uninsured patients. So I just wanted to give a shout out to VDH. Yeah, that's huge. I did it not do any of those things. Okay. So at least in the state of Virginia, those that are Virginia, uninsured are able to get the vaccine at no cost. Yes, at precision clinic pharmacies. Okay, got it. Okay. <laughs> Clinic pharmacy. So let me ask this question um, because I know with certain variants, it may have been the case that um, uh, certain predilections to disease or certain comorbidities may have engaged with the virus in such a way that you know it may have led to premature death, et cetera. And then it seemed like we saw some of that taper off with second, third, fourth variant. With what we're experiencing now, is it still the case that the Black community, based on its various um, illnesses, are more susceptible to COVID-19? I know that was kind of a convoluted question. That was my best attempt at trying to get technical. (laughs) (laughs) I surely understand. But, you know, I can only speak from from my experiences and what I what I always tell people is that if you have a condition, a chronic condition such as diabetes, say for instance, sure. your body is already under a lot of stress battling diabetes. 
You know, one day your blood sugar may be up, one day it may be down. If you get an infection, your blood sugar is going to go up, all types of things. So then when you get, if you test COVID positive, then your body has to work with that as well. And so that's how it works for people that um, have chronic care conditions. So that's why we recommend that those folks get the booster shots. So what happens with that is that over time, the tolerance to the boosters weans. You know, you, your, your body tolerance goes up, so you need more. It's just like if you're taking um, any kind of pain medication. Say, a tal- if you have a chronic pain, Tylenol may work one time or for a certain period of time, but then your body realizes, hey, I didn't recognize this Tylenol, and we're going to fight it. So next time, you need to take two tablets and the same thing with the vaccine. And that's why we have the boosters because the efficacy of it wanes over time. And so therefore you get the booster so that you have that extra immunity to fight off the virus in the event that you are attacked. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it makes a whole lot of sense. And so. And, and And about the, the black community. I feel and what I'm seeing is is that we have been very, very diligent in getting the vaccines and getting the boosters. Now you're always gonna have that group of people that has that hesitancy, but that's across the board. You know, so I think we've gotten the message out there to most of the community. Uh, and a lot of folks have gotten the vaccine and those that have chose not to, they know that they have a resource to go to to get them through the event in the event that they do get tested positive. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. You are awesome. Give us, please, your website and your um, physical address where people can come by and meet with you and talk with you as well. I've been encouraging people to transfer their prescriptions to your pharmacy. Uh, I've always been pleased with the level of care and service that I've been able to receive at your establishment. So please share that information. Oh, well, you're awesome. And I certainly do thank thank you. Our website is www.peoplespharmacyrx.com. We're located at 1446 Church Street, Suite C in the beautiful city of Norfolk, Virginia. Our telephone number is 757-227-4677. And thank you, darling. Awesome. Awesome. We appreciate you. Appreciate you so much, Dr. Peoples. Um, Just all that you are and do. I know we couldn't fully encapsulate it during this conversation, but um, you, you are an asset. You are a gem and a jewel. We thank you. Thank you, darling, for having us. Absolutely. We'll talk again. We'll definitely um, hope to provide another update as this continues to progress to check in with you and get your recommendations, I think are helpful for the community. Well, just know that People's Pharmacy is here for the community and that is our calling. So you have a wonderful, wonderful week. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. You as well. Take care. So I'm super excited today. Uh, I'm joined by Dr. Jeffrey V. Guns, who is the esteemed pastor of Second Calvary Baptist Church in the great city of Norfolk. 
well over, goodness, 38, 39 years. Uh, he's pastored there and is a, involved in a number of community development activities, uh, a, a very much a grassroots activist, a visionary thinker and leader. And I have invited him for this conversation to talk a bit about the work that he's doing, uh, working with the Black community around uh, COVID response, vaccination, uh, and some of the other initiatives that he has developed as well. So Dr. Guns, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate this time today. Thank you, Blair. It's always a pleasure to talk with you. I just really admire the work that you're doing and that you have done. And it just really, um, I just never thought that uh, when you were a young girl, uh, that your life would evolve uh, to become such a, um, a, a an individual really focused on uh, Black wealth creation. I really appreciate and love that. I appreciate you and the great number of seeds that you planted uh, in terms of my, my journey. So thank you so much as well. <clears throat> You're so let's talk well. about it. Um, it, it. What was Second Calvary's COVID response? Um, and what it, what is the work that you all are still doing now to um, to aid the community? I, I guess uh, going back two years, the uh, the well, in Jan January of 2021, the initial re response was to get as many people in the congregation vaccinated as quickly as possible, uh, given the spread of the virus and the uh, the un uh, the untold number of people who were being infected and who were dying. Uh, so we spent a lot of time trying to get as many folk in the church vaccinated and in the uh, in the black community uh, as well. And, and so uh, myself, along with 31 other pastors, uh, put together a series of clinics that we did with Centera uh, Healthcare, uh, Hague Pharmacy, the health department. Uh, and other entities to make sure that we got people vaccinated. And now, as the number of vaccinations started to increase, um, one of the biggest challenges was trying to reach people who were not interested in getting vaccinated or who may not necessarily have had access to the kinds of uh, massive clinics that we were doing. And so we did uh, work with Centera Healthcare and hosted some clinics at the uh, downtown transit center, uh, did a, a couple of clinics at, um, at uh, Metropolitan Funeral Home, uh, and, and even tried to organize some things in barbershops and beauty parlors, but that was a government initiative that just really never materialized. Um, back in August, uh, we started going through the neighborhoods. And so to, to just kind of encourage people to get vaccinated. And so in our community, we visited uh, over 3,000 residents Oh, we wow. personally went to the homes of 3,000 people in our neighborhood. So if you if you know where Second Calvary is, then if you were to take a uh, a visual picture from the Elizabeth River uh, that included Grandy, Chesterfield Heights, uh, down to uh, Brambleton Avenue, including Norfolk State, 
over to the railroad tracks, coming back up Princess Anne Road to Ballantyne Boulevard. Every resident, every business in that area, we went to every resident. That's significant. That's not once. You <laughs> went until you got a response, right? We went, uh, we went, we uh, tried to talk, we went, we talked to people, we introduced uh, the clinics to them uh, and the like. And then beginning in August, um, I started going through Young Terrace because one of the things we noticed is that the vaccination rate in those communities was very low. Yeah. Uh, and, and so we personally started going through and I think on the first day that we actually had a nurse with us from Centera, we vaccinated one person. Oh, so, wow. yeah. So we we have um, we have vaccinated uh, over 200 people in that community. Uh, but when you think about it, there's 701 uh, individual units and resident residential units mm -hmm. in that community. Mm -hmm. um, and so we still run into people who haven't been vaccinated yeah. all the time. And I think today we have seven persons that we're going to be vaccinating who, who are getting their first shot. Wonderful. And there are a lot of reasons, and a lot of them are true, as to why that is, right? I mean, yeah. we could have that conversation. I think it's outside of the scope of where I wanted to go. But I, I did want to ask you about kind of where we are now. I know you're very much boots on the, on the ground in the community. Um, what is the response now when people are considering vaccination for the first time, as opposed to perhaps when you went before, maybe they had not had a personal COVID experience now that we are where we are right now, which, you know, I don't, I don't think that we're clear where the clear, um, mm -hmm. but certainly time has passed, et cetera. What, what are people saying now as you're talking to them? And, and what is that contrast? If any, uh, well, it, it's, it's kind of mixed. Um, there are, we, uh, we're doing several things. One, we uh, were giving seniors their boosters and then some their fourth shot. Um, and, but then we're still engaging people who haven't had a single vaccine, uh, vaccination. And the irony or the, uh, that I, I guess for me, it's a real sad situation. Uh, there's so many children uh, in these communities who have not been vaccinated. Um, and we talk to high school kids every week. Uh, who go to Booker T and I tell them, I said, you know, you, you're walking into a COVID hot spot uh, because you're surrounded by all of your friends who are not vaccinated and these kids are not vaccinated. Um, you know, so that's not just in the high school, but it's in the middle school. It's in the elementary schools. Um, and, uh, and I'm not quite sure that people really know what to do uh, other than that. And then we run into parents who say, hey, can my kid get vaccinated? And every now and then we run into that. But the challenge has been is that Centera does not do vaccinations of children under the age of 12. And so while we can sometimes convince parents to do that, uh, we don't have the necessary means to get it done. 
Um, and so they're working on it now to see how we can maybe get someone from uh, CHKD uh, to kind of join with us. And that requires a whole nother uh, set of uh, protocols and a different kind of regimen in terms of vaccinating children that are 11 years old and under, because you may have to kind of sit and watch them. And, and it's just a different set of circumstances but there are a lot of kids that aren't a lot of yeah. a lot of a lot of parents that aren't and mostly these are young parents a lot of them are young parents uh they are under the age of you know i'd say they're under the age of you know you never can tell with us how old we really are but 40 and under yeah. uh who have not been vaccinated uh, sometimes uh people use a lot of expletives at us uh, you know, in terms of why are you doing this? And don't yeah. you know that the the things that they're putting in our body? And, and I, you know, I try to remind people, you know, that, look, in this world of nearly 7 billion people, uh, close to 3 billion have been vaccinated. I think if, if something terrible was going to happen, there would have been a whole lot of people who would have died by now. Right. Uh, but, uh, but we continue to go. We continue to go every week. Um, and we really have to stay at this until we get uh, till we get more people vaccinated. And here's the other thing. Um, you know, the, the pandemic has not subsided. That's correct. <laughs> That's absolutely correct. Yeah. That's absolutely correct. You know, we are still and we're likely to be dealing with this forever. Uh, I just I just read an article where, you know, the, the you know, we're going to need to learn how to live with this. Right. Um, and that when people thought that if enough people were vaccinated or re were infected, that it would create herd immunity. But the problem is, is that in America, only 65 percent of the, po the whole population has been fully vaccinated. So when you think about that, you're talking about maybe you know, 80 to 100 million people who haven't been fully vaccinated. That's a lot of people. Yeah, about two out of three. Yeah. Vaccinated. Um, so any three people, one of them hasn't been vaccinated. Yep. Especially when you're around us. Yeah. Now, so older people have, you know, those 65 and older, the yes. percentages are much higher, about 85, uh, 90%. And even among African-Americans, it's much higher. And so we tend to get better results out of uh, older people. Sure. Changing lanes a bit, but not really. Your virtual background um, begs the question for me around, and, and certainly this is your lived expression. So this question doesn't have to be asked, but I'd like to hear you state it. What is your community philosophy what is your core belief regarding community and kind of your role in building supporting uplifting community um well the image behind me are images of the kushites um and um right now i'm doing a course a class at the church on the, uh, the black presence in the Old Testament, um, specifically focusing on the Kushites um, as a way of thinking about how you develop a biblical theology of race. Uh, 
you know, helping people to understand how to talk to people about the Black presence in the Bible, which was quite extensive and quite important. Uh, often overlooked and minimized by uh, European uh, and Western scholars who could not fathom the idea that uh, Black folks played such a significant, or that Africans played such a significant role in the life of the ancient Hebrew people and of the Bible. So uh, my, uh, my, my stance is... Uh, and I and I tell people that I'm unapologetically black. Uh, Great. No need to apologize for that, though. There's nothing. No, 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 no. no. I I am unapologetically uh, black and really kind of focused on helping black folks. You know, and I say this, and I say this to, and I guess uh, you and I may have been in a meeting once. Why, you know, I said that, you know, the one thing that um, that people need to appreciate is black culture. Y- you know, so I'm really focused on helping helping our people, uh, specifically folk in Norfolk, black folk in Norfolk, where 25 percent of the population is black. Uh, I mean, uh, is poor, lives in poverty, uh, to really kind of look at how do we then, how do we create pathways to prosperity for black folks who live in Norfolk? Stay with us online at Black Wall Street Today on Facebook and Black Wall Street Today on Instagram. And then follow us on Twitter as well at BWS Today. We look forward to talking again next week. Have a wonderful week. I have said and I will continue to say that the most important priority for the black community is the black community, not a particular political party. Hey, yo, when I say black, you-